That's very kind. Great being here. Thank you. Well, I got out of my warm house, got in my warm car, got to warm church. Hey, it's warm in Christchurch, right? <laughs> oh, being a Christchurch boy, um, you know, I'm a total sock and um, I'm worse than anybody in Auckland. I'm always putting lots of jerseys on and I figured out why. It's as an inherited thing. My dad was like this and um, he moved to Queensland in the end, but um, no, I'm, I'm braving it out in Auckland. But um, it, it's so good to be with you guys and thanks for having us along and um, uh, I've got a message on my heart I want to share, and uh, I hope that goes well. But just before I do that, um, I've just felt God give me a word for someone this morning, and so um, I'd, I'd like to pray for you, and uh, this is the word I felt, that um, you found yourself in a dry place. And I guess we all go that, but this, this is just striking home with you right now as I talk. And I, I just think God wants just to bless you and to encourage you, so... If that is you, to, would you mind just putting your hand up? And I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you out to the... Would you mind coming down to the front? And I'm just going to pray for you. Would that be okay? I won't embarrass you, I promise you. I just think God wants to say something to you and to bless you. So, How are you? What's your name? Charles. Your name? Charles. Charles. Good, good, strong name, Charles. I'm just going to pray for you. Father, we just pray today for our brother Charles who just feels in a dry place. Lord, it happens to every one of us from time to time. And I just pray for Charles that come a, a fresh release of the springs of God, a fresh release of refreshing for him, a sense in his heart of a cry to you, Lord, one that will go to heaven, and Lord, he will even know an enlargement and an increase, Father, as he digs his own well, you'll give him the grace and the ability in God to bring release. Yes, Charles, God is with you, he is upon you, and he's going to bring release, and at the present time, he is causing you to dig wells, to dig wells deep in God, and God will cause from that an enlargement of the flow of life and an enlargement of the river of life, and there will come an increase, and there will come a day that is not far away, says God, but I will pour up my spirit on you afresh. Yes, seek me, seek me now, and I will bring enlargement, and I will bring increase, and I'll bring refreshing, and yes, you will refresh many. God says, do not be discouraged, do not be dismayed. I I am with you in this and I will bring you through and you will know an increase of my refreshing and my spirit upon you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Amen. The verse I get for you, Charles, is Psalm 63 and verse 1. Verse 1. Okay, God bless you. Okay, thank you. Just one other word before I speak this morning. There's been a change in your life. You've gone through something. I don't want to say you don't like it because you might not want others to know. But, and it may not be true, but there's been a change and you're just not quite comfortable, you're not quite, you know, and, and God has, I believe, a word for you as well. So is there someone here this morning, there's been a change in your life and, and you're not quite comfortable yet. Is there anyone here this morning that that applies to? You'd, okay, would you mind coming out and I'll just pray for you? What's your name? Lynette. Lynette. Nice to meet you, Lynette. Let's just pray. Let's just pray for Lynette. 
Father, today we bring our sister to you. Lord, uh, there's been change in her life. Thank you, God. You're the one who leads us and guides us and takes us forward. We pray for Lynette today, that God, she would know your mighty grace and a sense, Lord, of, of you with her in this change and a sense, Father, of exactly how she is to respond to you and respond to the situation. Father, we release your power and your grace on Lynette right now. For know, Lynette, that the Lord your God is right inside of you. He is right in the midst of you. Yes, and he will joy over you with singing and he will cause a fresh song to come to your heart. He will cause you to feel at home in time and you will know his grace and his power and you will know an enlargement and an influence in this new place that God has brought you to. Yes, he will cause you to extend your borders and to reach out to others and be an impact for Christ. Yes, the Lord says, do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. I have led you into this and I will enable you to be fruitful for me and a song will fill your heart and you will know that I have put you here and the Lord says for now put your hope and your confidence in me allow me to be your everything says God and in due season I will bring a great sense of uh, release and a great sense of fruitfulness for the Lord your God is with you amen okay God bless you all right well, we just pray. Father, we just bring our message to you this morning and we pray that uh, for every one of us, you will speak. For every one of us, you will encourage. Lord Jesus, for every one of us, you'll have something to say. So we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm still, still in high-tech mode and I'm trying to work off my tablet as opposed to my notes. I have my notes as backup in case the tablet fails and I don't know which button to push. Now, my message is not the message I noticed on the run sheet, so that was interesting. So, um, but, and, and I could retitle this, but I've called it this for now, and who knows, one day I may retitle it, I'll just see how it goes. But it's, um, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation, and I was so pleased we sang that song from Revelation, I love that song, and it's the book I'm going to speak from, so that's real, I think it's the, this is right, you know? So Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, and um, we're just going to uh, look at a, a, one of my, well, well it, it's just a great verse. It's, I know it's going to come up on the notes, but uh, on the screen there, but if you do have um, your Bibles, look, ha, do have a turn to it, have a look to it, and, and this is a verse about, about winning in life. You know, so many things come our way that they're not just life, no, it's actually the enemy at work. And uh, he can come and he can make us feel discouraged. You know, he can take a thing and he can make it worse. Or he can just tell you you're useless when you just failed at something. And he can make it far worse. Or, or it can be an attack in our health. I, I was on the plane just coming down um, and I was next to twin, tw identical twins actually. And I had a great time witnessing and I prayed with one of them. It was so exciting. Um, but anyway, this, this young lady of, of 30, and they're right into makeup, and I was, I was hoping they'd come today because they said they might, but they're doing something with makeup down here in Christchurch. And um, for the last 10 years, she's had this terrible thing. She got a glandular fever, it wasn't diagnosed, and then she's had, uh, uh, is it called MS, where you've got no energy? Or, you know, she's just, it's just been a. And then her dad, who's 50, only 53, he's really sick and really ill, and it's like it's coming down the family line. Well, that can be a real curse. Well, that often is a real curse from Satan and God wants us to stand against this sort of stuff to recognize to not be ignorant of Satan's devices and to stand against them 
and, and believe God for what has been, been won for us by Jesus on the cross. You see, it's all about Jesus today. It's not about the Satan. No, it's all about Christ and our position in him and what he has done. And I grew up, you know, as I said, in Christchurch in a very atheistic home, not believing in any spirit world. And, and I moved to Australia and I'd gone on a visit to the Blue Mountains and I met these guys, I can't remember how now, and they were really nice people. But anyway, we're, we're, on a Friday night, we're at this place. Her name was Kay. And, um, and uh, it, was, it was her and her mum and some friends. And uh, they, they, let, they said, let's have a seance. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, why not? You know. So there's about five or six of us, and we're having the seance later, later on a Friday night, around midnight or whenever it was. And I was amazed, because I, I, I didn't believe in this stuff, right? You know, because there's no spirit world, just a natural world that we live in. And to my absolute amazement, the seance thing seemed to work. And they were getting answers. And I thought, this is really amazing. How do, there, there seems to be something in this, this other world thing. And I, it really got me thinking. And I remember coming back on the Sunday to visit them again two days later. And they weren't home. It was late at night, so I was just tired. So I lay down on the front porch and fell asleep. Okay. Well, I remember waking up to these things going on around me. And I opened my eyes and I couldn't see anything. But I could, there were just beings there and the hairs on my arm just stood up. I thought, wow, this is haunted. And I was just, I just recognized for the first time that there was a spirit world that was real. And as a Christian or as a non-Christian, you're still in that world. The difference is, as a Christian, God gives us weapons and artillery to stand strong and to move forward and to overcome. And we're going to share that this morning. So just go to Revelation 12, the next verse there, I think it, it is. It just says this, and it speaks about war in heaven. And it talks about overcoming Satan. Is there an, what's, the, what's the next um, title there, guys? Is there another slide? We'll see if there is anyway. Okay, all right, so here we go. It says, and they overcame him, that is, overcame Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives to death. God gives us, in this passage, three keys to overcoming the devil. Now, in our lives, there, there are more than three keys, but these are three keys that we can, we can use. And I have personally found there are two times when the devil attacks me. Just two. Number one is when I have given ground to Satan by sinning. And number two, when I have taken ground from Satan and gone into his territory because God is enlarging me and he's expanding me and there's a spiritual battle to take place. They had the two times when I experience spiritual attack. So we see here three examples of or, or methods that God caused the, the believers to overcome the devil. The first is the blood of the lamb. You know, the blood of the lamb is a very powerful thing. And um, the Bible tells us that Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. And as a new believer, I went back to Australia, and we're on this outreach in a place called Goldburn, in, out of Sydney somewhere. And I'd heard that if you mention the blood, that um, witches and the like don't like it. And we were witnessing, and I came across this witch. 
and I'm saved about four months, and I'm, you know, a bit radical. And so all I could talk to her about was the blood of Jesus Christ. And this lady got more and more upset and agitated and angry, and she couldn't do anything. And I was just thought, oh, wow, this is really, really powerful. Well, that was, that was exciting. But 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the devil can attack when I have unconfessed sin in my life. But if I will just say, Jesus, I'm really sorry. I don't want to do that again. Help me, Lord. And just please forgive me of that, of that bad thought or that bad mouth or whatever it is. And I come under the blood, then I am protected and Satan has no right and no hold. You know, the enemy could not hurt Jesus. John 14, 30, Jesus said, The prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. Satan could not hurt Jesus. He could not hurt him. And um, I had an, a, a situation happen just a few months ago, before I was here um, uh, in June, and um, I, I had a real issue of conflict with a really good friend of mine. It was just an awful thing, and it really upset me. It just came out of nowhere. I thought, man, that, I reckon that's the devil, you know. And then, um, and then I, suddenly I just lost the sight in my right eye. It just suddenly, I think I might have mentioned it last time. I think I did. But I just lost the sight of my right eye. I thought, oh, that's weird. But I'm believing God. And, you know, I, I didn't get too panicky. And I didn't do a lot about it for about a week. And then I went to um, my optometrist. She said, oh, pack your bags and go to hospital. Bang, right now. So I got to hospital, and after four examinations, they said, oh, you've had this detached retina. Oh, but you left it too long. Oh. You know, they said, oh, we, we no point in us operating today anyway. Look, come back on Friday, and we'll, we'll do it then, and who knows. So, so I, I was a bit down, but um, that's okay. You know, you can imagine that. But I, I got through that, and you know, the retina was detached fine, and praise God, it's on its way to be fully, fully healed. And after that took place... I felt God speak a passage to me, and it was a story of Jesus in Luke 4. And in Luke 4, Jesus preaches in his hometown. He's just been water baptized. He's just been through the wilderness. He's powered in the spirit, and he preaches in his hometown, and they don't like his preaching. Now, if you don't like my preaching, please don't do this. <laughs> so they grabbed Jesus. At, you know, you know, you may know the story in Luke 4, verse 27 to 30, and they drag him out of the city and they try to throw him down the, the, the cliff. And what does the Bible tell us? It just says, he, passing through them, went on his way. Why couldn't they hurt him? Because nothing can touch someone who's walking in the will of God unless God ordains it for a purpose because you're expanding into enemy territory. And God spoke to me and he said, he said this, he said, the enemy's tried to attack you because you're expanding, you're growing, you're enlarging, Steve, you're moving forward, but he can't touch you. And I took real comfort and heart from that. That Sometimes, we, yeah, we do get knocked with things, but just hold your ground. The enemy can't hurt you because you're under God's protection and God's canopy. And this message is very much about that. So when we've sinned, we open... Room for the enemy to attack. But if we confess, we're okay. Secondly, the blood can be for protection. In Exodus chapter 12, Israel and Egypt, they applied the blood of the literal lamb to the doorposts of their houses. And in Exodus 12, 13, God says, The blood shall be a sign for you in the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, 
I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood can be really a great key for protection. Every day, I pray for protection. Every day of my life, for me, for, for my immediate family and just some things. And um, I pray protection and I claim the blood over my life, over my home. Do you do that? You should. It's given to us by God as a great weapon that the enemy cannot cross over. So take the blood, apply it daily in your life. Okay, so that's point number one. Point number two, it says they overcame Satan by the word of their testimony. Man, we speak a lot of words, don't we? Oh, these two young ladies, oh, and there were a group of them all coming down. Man, did they talk on the plane, you know? Oh, man. I was trying to read my Bible and get spiritual, and they just chat, 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 chat. And, um, and not that there's, I'm not being um, sexist here or anything like that, of course. Guys can talk just as much. Okay. But it says in um, Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We, uh, apparently, we speak something about two hours a day non-stop. It's quite a lot of words, isn't it? Man, a lot of words. Now, if we speak, do speak the two hours a day, which the average person apparently does, that's 20 pages every single day we speak. 20 pages. Every month, that's two books. And that's, each book is 300 pages a book. That's 24 books a year. And that's 13 years of our life talking. We talk a lot. So the words we speak are important. And speech is powerful. It has the power of life and death. Okay, slide number three, I think it is, guys. The power of speech. In Numbers chapter 14, we see um, the story of Israel. They'd come out of Israel into the wilderness and they wanted to go into the promised land but it was hard going in the promised land and God would come again and again and again to encourage them and these tests would be there to help them move on forward in God again and again they'd fail and finally on the 10th time it was a long long time finally they said when they'd just been into the promised land the spies had gone in they'd come back out and 10 spies said we can't do this it is too hard and two said, yes, we can do this. God is with us. They'll be our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And God says to them, okay, guys, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do with you. And Israel had said, if only we had died in Egypt or we had died in the wilderness. And we know what happened. That's actually what they got. God said, eventually, okay, look, I've tried so many times. You're going to get what you say. Whereas compared Joshua and Caleb, they spoke and said, yes, God will take us through. It's an exceedingly good land. God is with us. Hey, guys, don't rebel. Their protection has gone from them. They're our bread. You know, God is with us and we're going to overcome. Well, they got what they said as well. And so what we say is a very important part of defeating the devil. You can overcome Satan by the word of your testimony. If we speak bad about ourselves, if we speak bad about our children, if we speak bad about our job or about a church or whatever it may be, eventually that, that protection of God, we take ourselves away from that protection and we are open to attack from Satan. 
when we do that. Compare Joshua and Caleb, they moved on. You know, I love the words of Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. That is a great psalm. During World War II, there was a man who was a commander of a, of a company of soldiers, American soldiers, and every morning he'd get these guys to declare and confess those words of Psalm 91. And during combat, not one man died in battle because they declared the word of God. The word of God is powerful. My friend, if you suffer from fear or concern or anxiety at night, take Psalm 91 and declare it and speak it over your life. You know, the Bible says um, in Mark 11:22, he says... Jesus said, I, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What is the mountain that you are facing today? Why don't you speak to that mountain? Why don't you say, God, this looks impossible, but Lord, it's not with you. Lord, nothing is impossible with our God. You know, I regularly speak to my mountains, and I, I know I shared with you about the area of finance that I declared Malachi 3, and um, enjoyed uh, what you shared, Graham, around the offering there. And uh, you know, I just declared God, and um, th that God will open the windows of heaven when we tithe. And I would say, God, I'm doing the tithing. I want to see you open heaven over my life. And yet, sure enough, within a few months of doing that very thing every day, then God just caused these shares from nowhere to come our way. Many thousands of dollars came. And I'm still doing that today, every day declaring Malachi 3, speaking to my mountain. And I'm seeing God blessing and coming and releasing in different Business, uh, business way. So you can do that. And um, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. So take the word of God. Apply it to your situation. God wants us to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to win. God is for you. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he completed a full and total salvation. He made you in him complete. He made you in him the head and not the tail. He made you in him as one who, who is seated with Christ in heavenly places. And where are those oppositionary things? They are below you. They are beneath you. You are the one with the authority. And God says, use the authority that I have given to you. I've given you the blood. I've given you the word of testimony. Speak out what I've done for you. Speak out my goodness. You will see God arise when you do that. It is such a powerful thing. It really, really is. And then the third and the final thing this morning is they love not their lives till death. Now, that is pretty scary, isn't it? When you think about this, that, what does that mean, martyrdom? Or like, what does it mean? I thought, oh, I don't know what that actually means. Well, it does say in James chapter 4 and verse 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So before you resist the devil, what do you need to do? You need to submit to God. So I think that's what it really means. In any area of my life, I say, God, I submit that to you. Okay. And so loving my life, not to death, I think it means sometimes doing things that are not always convenient for me to do. You know, it was cold this morning. Oh, oh no, I'll just stay home from church today. It's a bit cold. You know, I don't feel quite well. Um, oh, yeah, maybe I won't read my Bible this morning. Oh, yeah, that looks a really good bit of news. I'll just watch that for a while first. Or, you know, maybe just the, the rostrum on, 
just couldn't quite make it. You know, no, loving not your life to death means turning up and, and, and doing it with a cheerful heart and being on time. It, it's things like that that are quite small sometimes. Maybe in the area of family, it's, it's saying no to that business opportunity as it's going to rob real family time in a serious way. That's loving, not our lives, I believe. It's choosing God's way and not your own way. And as I was just mulling and thinking over this for you guys this morning, what came to me really clearly as an example, and I didn't put it in the slides at all, but it came to me, was Job. You know Job, he was a great man. In Job chapter 1 there, it sets the whole scene. And he was a, a, a famous man in the Middle East. He was a very wealthy and prosperous man. He had a great family life. And um, the, the enemy comes along and he says to God, and this is quite a, an astounding thing, but God and the devil have a conversation. And the devil says to God, he says, if you touch him, God, he, he won't love you anymore. He loves you because of what you do for him, your blessing on his life. And the devil says, and anyway, I can't attack him because you've got a hedge of protection around him. Job 1 and verse 8. God had placed a hedge of protection around Job and the enemy could not attack. So God says to Satan, okay, you can, you can remove that hedge and you can touch him, only don't take his life. Notice three interesting things from that conversation between God and the devil. Number one, the question of the ages is this, will man serve God when it doesn't pay? That is the number one question that the enemy asks of you. Will you serve God when it's not going well? That's, that's the big one. Because yes, it's easy to serve God when it's going well. But when it's not going well and you're still serving God, that confounds him. He just cannot get it and it, it defeats him. Number two, Job had a hedge of protection that was put there through his prayer and his obedience, and the enemy could not cross over that hedge. And he complained bitterly to God about that prayer. Thirdly, Job maintained a good spirit throughout the whole time. And let's just uh, turn in our Bibles to the book of Job and just pick up this. If you've got your Bible there, go to Job chapter 1 and just pick up what Job did once Satan comes along. So the story is that Job is wealthy, uh, Job is prosperous, um, he's doing very well in life, and um, God and the devil have this conversation, it's behind the scenes, and uh, Job doesn't know anything about this. And God says, okay, Satan, you can, you can attack Job to, a, to a, a measure, but you can't take his life. And so the enemy comes and Job's property is, is devastated. Job loses his property, his wealth, his children lose their lives. It's a, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible thing that happened to Job. And there he was, and he was uh, struggling away, and, uh, you know, uh, he was just in such terrible um, sorrow of heart. And I guess at times we've all felt sorrow of heart for various things. And in Job 1, in verse 21, or verse 20 even, it says these words, Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, he's pretty upset, and he fell on the ground, and he worshipped God. What a fantastic response. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked will I return. 
The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Even though his, his health, he lost his health as well later on. He lost his possessions. Some of his family, his wife even said, curse God and die. But Job said, no, I'm not going to do that. God's good. God's good. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. He said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. These are huge weapons. These are powerful weapons. And if you think about it, you think about Jesus for a moment. How did he conquer Satan? How did he overcome? See, he didn't come as the mighty Lord with an army. He could have, but he conquered Satan as the lamb. And the lamb has become the lion. And it's just part of God's secret knowledge concealed even today from the, the devil. He just can't understand it and can't handle it. And when we face something and it's not resolving and the enemy's trying to attack and we've applied the blood, we've, we've, we've declared and it still hasn't changed and we choose God, we're loving not our life to death and that always, always will cause you to conquer always cause you to triumph. You'll always know grace in the situation, no matter how tough it is. See, the lamb is the one who becomes the lion. That's how God brings you into victory, into authority, into a whole new release. And sometimes we go through a situation and, you know, it's all guns blazing and we're going for it and we break through it. It's fantastic. But it isn't always like that. Sometimes God takes you through a situation and you just have to say, Father, I'm going to trust you. Though I feel like I'm being slain, I know you're good. I know my Redeemer lives. And as you just yield to God like that, you will fight. That is resisting Satan in a remarkable and amazing way. So I don't know where you're at today, but different situations, different weapons. Is it the weapon of applying the blood of the lamb? It's a thing to do daily, it really is. What about the weapon of declaring God's word to your situation? That can be hugely powerful. Is it the weapon of saying, Father, I trust you. No matter what's going to happen, I'm following you. I'm not going away. Your grace is going to be with me. And you know, God will see you through. And you think of Jesus he went as the, as the lamb to the cross, went through the cross as the lamb, the resurrection, and everything exploded. And if you can see it, his ministry just exponentially expanded. And now, all well, you and I are part of that, of that work as the lamb. You see how God brought Jesus into something amazing and incredible by his partaking of the cross and coming as the lamb. This is a wonderful thing. And sometimes the very best God has for you, you actually come through as the lamb and enter into the resurrection in your own life. It's always in our lives, first of all the cross, then the resurrection. Yep, we pursue after the resurrection, but sometimes it's the cross first. It says that for the joy set before him, 
he endured the cross. See, his eyes were on the prize, and he just kept focusing on that. And even at times when the dream is gone, the hopes are gone, you say, well, Lord, you're here. You're enough for me. I will serve you. I will love you because you're just the best. And that just so touches God's heart. And it just brings that release. And it just will bring you, usher you into everything God has. See, I think these are deep waters that God wants his children to pass through, just like he did. And today, upon the throne of, of the universe, sits a man, the man Christ Jesus. He's there, not because he's God, because as God, he's there. No, no, he's there as a man, as a man in what he did. And God wants us to join with him in this, and this is the path at times that God has for each one of us. So don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. God's with you in it. And as you respond right, grace flows. Grace flows. And then mighty power against the works of the devil. Great grace. And then eventually things can change. And God can usher you into what he really has for you. It really is the call of God to his people. It's the battle of the ages that we will serve and love God, not for the benefits that he gives us, but because of who he is. Well, I'll just call the band up right now, and we're going to just play that song, 10,000 Reasons. And I want you just to mull over that for a minute and just say, Lord, which of those weapons ought I to be using? Maybe it's all three. Or it could just be one in particular that has spoken to your heart. And as we do so, just, just think upon that. And my encouragement to you, um, I'm not back again this year, but my encouragement is, why not for the next 30 days, every day, just go to that verse, Revelation 12, 11, and say, Lord, I'm going to overcome in this. I'm going to win. I'm going to conquer because I know you give me grace by your blood, by the words of my testimony and I'm choosing to come your way when it doesn't suit because I know it pleases you and it overcomes the enemy. Let's all stand and we'll just sing and just uh, allow God just to speak to your heart for a moment. Thank you.